The board as a team. The board as a team? Question mark. Some might be surprised. Are boards of directors a team or act as individuals in a group? And who is a team? The execs, the non-execs, or the execs and non-execs as a whole? The academic literature and practitioners are ambiguous about whether a board is a team or not. I'm delighted to talk with Petri Hofste. Petri is, according to the management scope in the Netherlands, one of the top non-executive directors. For several years, she topped the list of non-executive directors. So she brings a wealth of experience set on multiple boards across numerous industries. For her, it is vital that the board is a team. Welcome to the Better Boards podcast series. I'm Dr. Sabine Demkowski, founder and managing partner of Better Boards. We make the boards of the most ambitious organizations more effective. Our mission at Better Boards is to contribute to creating better boards. We do this by providing clients with an evidence-based approach for board evaluations and board development programs. Better Boards clients have access to an innovative digital platform that provides data and comparisons on all dimensions of effective boards, and they can use the platform for the internal and external evaluation. To fulfill our mission, we give a voice to all who care about creating better boards. Petri, welcome to the Better Boards podcast series. I'm very delighted and looking forward to your contribution. Thank you very much, Sabine. Looking forward as well. You have an exciting topic here. You have a, a very vast amount of experience on serving on boards. In your time, you have seen boards where directors act as individuals and boards that act as a team. What are the differences in the dynamics of boards? What have you seen? Let's jump straight in. Yes, no, well, maybe one striking difference for me is fun. It's, of course, important as well as anything else, as impact, your contribution, of course, are very critical, but work should be fun as well. And one big difference between a board with individuals only and a board that is a team for me is the connection with other people. So fun. Uh, but of course, it goes beyond that. And what I've seen in particular after the COVID crisis, which really brought it to the surface, if you lose that feeling of being part of a team by yeah, not just being with each other on and off as you are in a non-executive position, but also only seeing each other through teams or through the electronic devices or, or speaking to each other through telephone, then you lose that connection, basically. And, and I've seen that through COVID periods, and I've seen what it does to boards. Basically, every single board needed a reset after that. A reset, getting to know each other again, because, of course, the composition had changed as well, getting to appreciate each other again. And that makes it clear that a board needs to be working as a team because only then you really can come to the creativity that is needed, to the decisions that are needed. And of course, the other thing is, in a crisis, it's too late to become a team, but it's most needed. I wholeheartedly agree. And for our international listeners, I mean, it's real fun to work in the Netherlands. I can wholeheartedly confirm this. But a lot of people, a lot of boards I have seen try to 
simply jump straight in, see each other again, or convert it to hybrid board meetings where some people dial in or some board meetings are dial in only, others are physical. They haven't really taken stock what COVID has done and really taken the time out to invest in one or two board away days or even more time to reconnect. Why is this so important, Petri? To me, another angle is we pay a lot of attention, of course, to the diversity of boards. A diverse board means in order to make it work, you have to work harder because there's differences, different types of people, different backgrounds. And so, therefore, it is very critical to get to appreciate each other. That simply requires time. And why do we want it? Why do we want those diverse boards? It is also because of the fact that the issues of this time, the transformations of this time, are truly complex. Looking at sustainability, looking at what is happening in the world geopolitically today. So a complex environment in which companies operate. We all more and more understand that that requires a diversity of insights and perspectives on the issues at hand. And that then means having this diverse group around the table, you do need to bring it to fruition. You do need to ensure that everyone's voice is heard and that is part of deliberations, discussions and in coming to conclusions and decisions. For me, it's clear that that requires hard work as well, because, of course, people who are different than you are, it's, it's more difficult to, understand, to fully appreciate and understand them. And that takes time. I mean, a lot of attention is paid to the recruiting of diverse people, but the investment to make it really work is the willingness or the ability to make it work is not always there. I mean, you are a good, a strong advocate of boards that act as a team. Yeah. What are for you the characteristics of boards that act as a team? Yeah, I think it is the starting point of truly being interested in each other as well as in the task at hand in the organization. And then in each other, it's not only the executive board. In, in the Netherlands, we often have a two-tier system, the intensity of which it operates in a two-tier system often is very comparable to a one-tier, I think. So therefore, I'm, I'm stressing that it's not just being interested in the non-executive team members, but also, of course, in the executive board. And being interested in each other as well as in the organization and also being interested in coming to and understanding each other's view and coming to a shared view of the company, of the business model, of the purpose, the strategy. And of course, that is on the table formally as well, but it's something different if you consider it also from the perspective of what makes people tick. So what are the norms and values? And I think it's been, we've worked together once. I think that that in your approach is something that comes out very good, but it's also highly critical. And again, highly critical to understand it also from the shared values of people and to understand the, sh the values in every individual better and coming to an understanding that these go together with what the norms and values of the company are is also, I think, more important in this complex environment that we just talked about with sustainability issues because there everything 
you, you see it because everything is new there, the sustainability goals that we have. Everything's new. Everything is undiscovered territory. Nothing can be measured, truly measured, and nothing can be measured in balance for decision-making with our economic goals yet. And the dilemmas come out very quickly because of all of the also different stakeholders that, for example, now are representing the planets, the green pieces of this world, etc. So there's a lot more stakeholders to deal with. There is claim risk coming up around all of these topics. So a lot more dilemmas. Dilemmas also that could change the business model as well as the strategies of companies fundamentally. And therefore, it is also important, it's also more critical to have this view and to share the views around what are our values and norms and then relate it to the decision-making in these complex areas. Now, it's really something you alluded to. It takes time and it's work. We can't hide it. It's, it's work to develop a team spirit. And that's not easy with a group that meets in, infrequently, at times virtually, where everyone has different interests and different agendas and many commitments. What do boards do that act as a team? How does their agenda differ? Or what specific actions do they actually take? Yes, of course, a challenge. And that is what you do see. Time commitments only continue to increase and increase. And, and I think there you need to very deliberately balance as well. One of the things that I've seen working is the extended evaluation to sort of ensure to create a reset. I just mentioned that I've seen that done after the COVID period. We've worked with you, Sabine, uh, in one case. So that's really good. But of course, it doesn't stop there. And other things that I've seen working is ensuring to have a pre and a post meeting with non-executive board only with every meeting even committee meetings, why you have a chance to see what are our shared concerns, where do we want to focus on in this meeting, and the evaluation then looks at did we actually achieve what we intended to achieve, and how could we improve that if we feel there are things that need to be improved afterwards. So that is what I've seen working around meetings. And then and then I've also a situation, a board where we once every quarter meet informally and discuss also where are we. So we have got, we've set goals, goals, for example, for like a, a year ahead, a plan of where we think we need to focus on. Where are we? Do we need to reset? What is changing? And so also schedule that. That's all. That all seems on top of things. Of course, What you want to do with that is actually ensure that you focus on the right issues and also ensure that you do not focus and do not discuss what doesn't need to be discussed in the board. And as a result, ensure to spend your time right. So yes, time commitment, it could lead, and in particular beginning, to extra time But in terms of prioritizing, in terms of ensuring to do the right, to actually have the right topics on the agenda, it helps as well and therefore would save and will save time again as well. I have seen that company secretaries are very often reluctant to actually ask busy non-executive directors for time beyond the actual board meetings. Do you think that they are overly hesitant and concerned 
What have you seen amongst your busy net colleagues? Was a willingness there to invest this additional time? Yeah, I see different uh, types of company secretaries. And I think it generally works best if company secretaries really ensure to team up with the chairs. And by teaming up with the chairs in terms of understanding what the board wants to achieve, understanding how the chair of a board and or a committee wants to structure the agenda, that then in that interaction, I think company secretaries can be a great help. So I've seen both where there is hesitance about reaching out as a chair, you can actually overcome that and make it work. So you have seen it on several boards. You alluded to the benefits. Do you think it's worth it? What would you tell other boards or our listeners to say, well, we are pondering. Actually, I've also seen that privately, a lot of nets and directors mentioned to me that they would invest the time, but nobody dares to speak up and actually ask for it. And you're referring to company secretaries now or board members? Both, really. Both, well, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking that that was the case, yes. Yeah, and I think for speaking up, if that is the case, then of course it requires at least one, but with the help of the corporate governance codes that are everywhere around the world and require at least an annual evaluation, that then should provide you with the ability to sit down and bring it to the table. And for the evaluations, I think that it is very good that uh, generally you're required to do at least once every three years an evaluation with an external evaluator. If there is a hesitance to speak up within the team, then at least there's an external person that can hopefully help to bridge that. And with evaluations, it's always very critical in my mind that also a company secretary is in, in one way or the other involved in the evaluation of the board. So certainly we have to come to an end to it. But before we do, how does this team spirit really manifest itself in how the board is working? To answer this question, is it worth it? You say definitely yes. It's, it's a fun aspect, but... How else have you seen it working? Is there a better flow of information? Is there greater trust? Definitely, of course, the trust thing, the speaking up, also being able to say, well, actually, I even did yesterday to a chair where I said, well, actually, in that meeting, in that setting, I didn't feel that I could actually bring up this and that. So saying it to you now, and why do you do that? Because there's the trust that I can say it. With the board that has really invested in the team, in the whole team and in each other, it is far easier to, uh, in a one-on-one situation, come back to something particular where you say, well, actually thinking about it again, for example, let me bring up this and this. And so finding each other, wanting to listen to each other, that all is better, of course, in a team effort. And, I, and as I said in the beginning, actually in the end, of course, fun is important. If you do not like being on a board, if you do not feel connected to the other people in the board, how can you bring the best in yourself to that board? And that is what you ultimately would want, to have the best of everybody in that board. And that means appreciating and respecting what that person brings to the board 
and really ensuring that everybody can be the best, but can therefore be open and bring out everything. Yeah, I think it's absolutely worthwhile and actually turning it around, of course, I said in the crisis is critical uh, and only then you discover if that would not have been the case in the complex environment with the huge dilemmas that are, that are awaiting us on sustainability, dealing with all of the geopolitical issues that there are, the dilemmas that come from that, they require that we bring the best, but they also require that we can be open and that everything does come to the table before making a decision. So I very much think that it pays off to invest in a board. It pays off on a personal level and it pays off for the team, for the decision-making, and therefore it pays off for the organization. Yeah, so uh, I hope and I wish every board to understand that and to work towards being a team. Thank you so, so much, Petri. Now, at the end, there's always one standard question. What are the three things our listeners should take away from this podcast? The three things, and I, actually I have already mentioned them. You need to be a team, invest in being a team, And Sabina, I've mentioned that I've worked with you, the approach of bringing artifacts to understand where people come from and to have a discussion on where people come from, as well as the approach of bringing forward what are the strengths of every individual as well, therefore, of what can be the strengths of the team. I think that is a very good and helpful approach in evaluation, in, in resetting a team. So investment is worthwhile. And as I said, the investment also pays off on a personal level and on an organizational level. And we owe it to the companies that we serve. We owe it to society. And we owe it to the transformational issues on sustainability, on the complexity of what is happening in the world. We owe it to the organization and society to actually uh, bring the best out and uh, and bring that to the uh, to the board table. Thank you so so much Petri for your passionate plea for boards to act as a team. Thank you so much for your time in your busy schedule. Thank you very much Sabine. I loved uh, this discussion with you. How can we help you and your board? We at Better Boards are always delighted to hear from you. So if you have any thoughts about this podcast, if you have an idea about a topic you would like to see that we cover, if you would like to hear more about our work, if you would like to see a demo of our board evaluation platform, get in touch. You can best reach us at info at better-boards.com. Thank you for listening.